Blog Talk Radio. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Riding the Wave. Another day, another chance. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Mark Healy. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Waze newspaper, uh, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893. Uh, today's Riding the Wave, we're going to talk to Queens District Attorney candidate Betty Lugo. Uh, she was supposed to come to our studio uh, here at the Wave HQ. Uh, unfortunately, she wasn't able to uh, get in here uh, personally, but she's going to be joining us on the phone uh, as soon as uh, she can, she's going to be in Far Rockaway later this evening for a um, uh, candidate, Queens DA candidate forum. So uh, we're just uh, waiting on her to uh, join us here on the air. Uh, again, uh, for those of you who don't know Betty Lugo, who's uh, one of uh, several candidates who are running for Queens District Attorney, uh, is a former ADA in Nassau County. She's also a founding member of Pacheco and Lugo PLLC, the first Hispanic women-owned law firm in New York. And according to her website, uh, Lugo has conducted trials, hearings, arbitrations, uh, and appeals in complex matters in both state and federal courts. So uh, we are waiting on her uh, at the moment. I think she's joining us now. Um, Betty, welcome to Riding the Wave. How are you? Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so, so sorry you weren't able thank you to, so much. to. Yes. Thank you so much for the uh, invitation to inform the public of the importance of voting on June 25th because a lot of people, Mark, are not being told about the fact that the primary race was changed to June 25th. From here on in, the primary is not going to be in September. It's June 25th. Right. Right. No. Well, we've been uh, we've been doing a, a series of interviews uh, with all of the candidates. You're the you're the not you're the last but not least uh, 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 entry into our series uh, for the uh, for the for the DA office. I know you have a forum later this evening in Far Rockaway, so I was really glad that you were able to call in and and give us a, a few time give us some time so our readers can get a sense of your candidacy. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so my first question is um unlike some of the other unlike some of the other people who are running for this position, 
Uh, you've been an ADA. You you know what it's like yes. to prosecute a crime. Um, and yes. you know, I'll, I'll ask the same question that I asked all of the other candidates. And then you know, a lot of the talk, a lot of the rhetoric. Um, and you, you could you could of course speak to your own campaign, but a lot of the rhetoric that we've heard about uh, this race is less about you know um, law and order, less about uh, prosecuting criminals, and and more about criminal reform, and more about uh, decarcerating and and closing Rikers Island, and you know making it making it easier and better for the criminals. And there's a lot of people that feel that that kind of rhetoric makes it seem as if, uh, you know, that the, the chief law enforcement officer of, of, of Queens is, is going to be almost like a glorified defense attorney. Is that something that you think is, is fair in, in, in uh, the description? Uh, well, no. You know, a lot of people don't know what the district attorney's office of Queens does or any district attorney's office, but the DA's office, is the DA, the district attorney, is the highest law enforcement official of the county. They are not a social service agency. They're not a welfare agency. They're not the one that's going to fix the problems for everybody. They're not. The DA is in charge of keeping the public safe, prosecuting and any and, and upholding the law and, viol and whatever violations of, of crimes that are out there. That's what the DA's office is. Now, what makes me different from every other candidate is that I'm not, too bu I'm not busy talking about letting people out of Rikers and, you know, no cash bail and all that stuff, even though I believe in giving people a second chance and having compassion and mercy. And if person, a person needs a third chance, that's absolutely fine. But the priority of the district attorney's office is to keep our neighborhood and our people safe from crime. And if there's a law on the books, then the DA's office has to either enforce it or has the discretion whether to enforce it or not. For example, somebody gets caught with a low level amount of marijuana. That's a, that's a crime. Am I going to prosecute that a low level amount of marijuana? No, I'm not. Why? Because one, it's a low amount. Two, if they're doing it in their home, if they're not hurting anybody, and then why prosecute it and why use that money, the resources, our tax dollars, to prosecute that offense when you can save that money to prosecute the homicides, the rapes, the real crimes that, that, that really need prosecuting. And people are forgetting the victim is the most important person always, always in the prosecution of a crime. So my job would be to first, my priority would be, to visit the victim of a crime or have my assistant DAs and my staff contact the victim immediately after the crime happens and find out what actually happened. And then from then on, then we investigate to see, does the defendant deserve a, a second chance? Do they deserve an adjournment and contemplation of dismissal and a diversion program? That's a different story. The DA's office is not a glorified defense attorney. No, that's absolutely not. People want to be safe. People want to live in a quiet and peaceful enjoyment. People work very hard in Queens. The last thing you want is to come home and to have to deal with people committing crimes in your backyard. You don't want that. 
So that's what the DA's office is all about, keeping the crime statistics down. And D.A. Brown has been very good at doing that. However, D.A. Brown did it in like, you know, now his model is, is, is outdated because he's been there for 28 years. That model is outdated. He's not taking into consideration that Queens is so diverse. It's the most diverse county in the nation. People speak different languages. People deserve second chances. There's a lot of abuse of process by law enforcement and these different agencies that have to be looked at. But the main thing is the DA, a crime is committed. You look at the crime and you decide, am I going to prosecute this crime? And that's what the DA's office does. And unfortunately, people in Queens are not, have not been educated enough about what the DA's office does. Unless your child or you have been arrested by a police officer, you don't know what the DA's office does. You think that it's, a, it's the court system that's, that's um, bringing charges against you. People, I would venture to say that 75% of the people in Queens County do not know what the Queens District Attorney's Office does. They don't. They just don't. They think that they're just an additional arm of the court system that's going to put you in jail. And that's not true. That's not true. Do you think it's important to have, I mean, like I said, I, I've spoken to all the different uh, candidates. I've interviewed them all. I've asked them a lot of the same questions that people ask me. And I think that you're the first one who's really pointed out that, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the folks that are, have talked about uh, Richard Brown and have talked about, you know, the different things that um, he's done. It's been very accusatory. And I think that, you know, what you're saying makes a little bit more sense in the grand scheme of things, because at the end of the day, you're right. He was in, in, in office for a very, very long time, and, his, and perhaps his office did fail to adapt uh, to uh, you know, a changing demographic, a changing uh, way that we look at certain crimes and the way that we prosecute them. Uh, and I think it's important to look at it that way and not look at it as um, – you know this this completely unfair situation. I think that it's it's certainly legitimate to look at what happened before and to point out what you can do to improve it. Um, but I think it's important to make that distinction. Um, a lot of the a lot of the candidates have always talked about have also talked about um, you know and you're someone who's run uh, you founded. Uh, a law firm, you've run a law firm, you know what it's like to, you know, have to, uh, you know, run a team of attorneys, uh, run a, a, a large scale investigation. How important is that experience to this kind of a job? And, and what makes you more qualified than some of your other opponents to this, for this job? Well, okay. Well, my entire life, Mark, I've, I've worked for doing justice of all communities. I've always wanted to be Perry Mason, you know, for people my age group. I've always wanted <laughs> yeah. to be Perry Mason. <laughs> right. And it's all about, listen, somebody's charged with a crime. Did they really do it? Do you have the right people investigating it? Are they being fair? And are they doing justice? And are they respecting the system? And are they, are they respecting the victim and the, and the accused? They have to respect both sides because everybody deserves true justice for all. Everybody deserves equality of justice. So, you know, um, what makes me different from all of the other candidates 
is that not only did I start my own law firm and I've been managing it for 27 years, I started over 100 organizations in New York State, a lot of them in Queens, from different ethnic groups, from the Asian Americans for Equality Economic Development Arm to the Ecuadorian Civic Committee, their parade, to the Mexican Chamber of Commerce, Peruvian Chamber of Commerce, 100 Hispanic Women, the Women's Venture Fund, and I've worked with every ethnic group in Queens because that's the way I was raised. I'm Puerto Rican. My mother came here with a fourth-grade education from Puerto Rico, and she raised us to believe that with God above you, there is nothing you cannot do. And because of that, and because I helped so many people that did not know English, and my mother would send me to interpret for them at Department of Labor, at Unemployment, at Immigration, at the Welfare Department, and I realized that I was advocating for people. I said, there's so much unfairness and injustice. I need to help people, all people. You know, my, in my case, it was my community. A lot of them were women who were being abused um, in different ways, and that's how I was raised, and that's what I do. Then I started, I, I started as the first Hispanic woman at the Nassau County DA's office. I worked under Dennis Dillon, and at the time, very conservative office. They never had had a Hispanic woman in that office. So I saw a lot that needed changing, and that's the same thing with D.A. Brown. You're going to go into that office, and people are in, a, in another century. You know, yes, there's been a little bit of progress, but you need interpreters, and not just interpreters, but you need competent interpreters that respect the system and respect people to go in there and make sure that people are given a, uh, the proper administration of justice. You know, the court system has a lot to do with it, too, because the court system is even struggling with the, with the interpreters. So, you know, you go into court, you have a person that goes into court, and they're waiting for their interpreter, and they spend all day in the courthouse. And then they come back to court, oh, the interpreter didn't show up. And this was, I had a case with a Bengali um, woman who was domestically abused, abused by her husband, wanted a divorce, and he refused to give her the divorce. So he, we had to wait for his interpreter on three different court appearances. I mean, what kind of justice system do we have that she has to take the day off three separate days for this case? So our court system is involved in it, too. And what makes me different is that I'm a trial attorney. I'm an experienced trial attorney in all facets of cases, from personal injury to civil rights. I have sued people. I've defended people. Two of the biggest cases I have is the Cypress Hill Cemetery case, where they were burying blacks and Hispanics in garbage after the Korean Burial Society didn't want to purchase those contaminated plots anymore. And I prosecuted that case because government did not want to get involved. The Attorney General's office, the DA's office, the Mayor's office, Everyone refused. So did I turn my back? No. I became a lawyer to help people. I said, you know what? We're taking me and my business partner, Pacheco and Lugo. We said, we're taking this case. Why? Because, one, it's in my mother's backyard. Two, because this is offensive and it shocks the conscience of anybody that you would bury a certain group of people in garbage and that people find that it's okay because it doesn't hurt them. It doesn't affect them. And, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's what I'm trying to get across to people. I'm different because I care about people. I'm not a government 
worker. I have not worked for government my entire life like all of the other candidates have. If you look at the other candidates, you'll see that they have they have been paid with tax dollars all practically their entire life. Not me. I've made every penny that I've earned. To rep- and then I take on cases because they shock the conscience, not because the government is paying me, but because it's the right thing to do. And I have the time to do it, and that's why I became a lawyer. So that's what makes me different from all of these other candidates, that all they talk about is, you know, how they think they can, they can change the entire DA's office when, you know, I grew up in 19, I grew up working for, working since I was eight years old. Mark, I've been working since I was eight years old because my mother had to bring piecework home to to support six children on her own. I was raised by my mother, six kids, born in Elmhurst, raised in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. My father is a Korean War vet. However, with all the issues that happen to our beloved veterans, they come back with PTSD and whatever the issues are, my mother raised us all by herself. And what she raised us to do is to do justice. So, yes, was I ever abused by police officers? And did I see abuse in my, in my backyard, in my neighborhood? Yes, I did. But I also saw that the victims were not being treated properly. And that's why I became a district attorney, because I said, how are you not going to help the victims? So they speak a different language, so they look a little different. But just because the victim looks different doesn't mean that they deserve lesser justice than uh, an English-speaking victim. And that's what made me become a prosecutor, especially after my mother was assaulted by someone and the the precinct in the area and the DA's office did nothing to find the perpetrator, to bring the perpetrator to justice. They just said, you know what? That community, they don't vote in that area. Why should we bother? And that's that's the sense that I'm getting with, with this race that unfortunately a lot of people are giving up. And I'm just asking people to please, please get involved and vote. I ask you, please, it is a privilege to vote, to live in this country. A lot of people have fled socialist countries to come to the haven of America. No different than my mother when she came from Puerto Rico. Although we're U.S. citizens, we are always treated as second-class citizens. And I ask people, exercise your right to vote and vote for the right candidate, Betty Lugo. Because if you don't vote, what's going to happen is politics as usual. And you're going to get somebody who has the money to run this race that doesn't look like you, that doesn't believe in your values, that is not going to uplift your values. My office is going to be a community DA's office. I'm going to invite everyone from the community, from a different ethnic group, to send me a male and a female representative to sit on my community relations unit so they can educate me on how best to prosecute and deal with offenses in your community because I cannot do it alone. I'm asking the community, one, to vote for me and to help me bring the reform that is so much needed in Queens. The other candidates already have the the people that are going to follow them especially the, the, the three main candidates who have all the money. They already have their people. They've already handpicked their people. They've been here entrenched, 
It's all politics. But I ask the people to please get involved and make, help me make a difference in Queens. It should not be politics as usual. Let's make a difference. And again, this is my, the way I will end my career, by lifting up the district attorney's office and doing justice for our communities in Queens. I'm 60 years old. You know, I'm a baby boomer. I'm a baby boomer. I've lived through the civil rights movement. I had the privilege of working on the campaign for Charlie Chisholm, the black, first black female to run for president. I mean, that's huge. I was molded by all people, by people from all different nationalities and cultures. I've been molded by everybody. And that's what I bring to the table, that I understand diverse communities and I respect them. And they're going to help me shape not just one little area and one building that always votes for the same person. We're doing this to include everybody. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's great that you point that out because Rockaway is a very diverse community, you know, and uh, in many ways it's split down the middle ethnically. It's split, that, split down the middle racially. It's split down the middle, middle economically. And, I think that when you look at um, how candidates have been navigating uh, this particular area, um, you know, they've, they've come down, if they've never been here before, that they've tried to, you know, meet with different groups to try to get uh, their support. Um, I know that, you know, Melinda Katz, for example, is very popular here. Uh, but she, even herself, she said that it's not a popularity contest and that, you know, people should vote for her because she's going to do a great job. And, you know, when, when, you know, people have asked me uh, what, you know, what candidate we're going to support, you know, we haven't made up our minds yet because as far as I'm concerned, I think that whoever does get this job, whoever does run, or at least let's put it this way, whoever wins the primary is still going to have to run, hopefully, against uh, – I'm really hoping that uh, the Republicans put up a candidate, so at least there's a race. At least there's something that uh, is, is, is left you know, after, this, after this primary. But yeah. you know, I, I get the sense, and, and you, you touched on it when you talked about the, the politics as usual part of this race. And it seems to me that it's just another, uh, based on the rhetoric, that in many ways it is just another kind of political office that people are running for, and that's not what the Queen's District Attorney's Office is. And so that's my – you're saying a lot of the things that um, I think that people who have criticized this race to this point, um, you're talking about uh, the actual office and what – what you plan on doing as far as actually prosecuting crimes and prosecuting those people, making sure that the people who have been underserved for so long uh, will get justice. Um, I guess my question is, let's forget about the the street criminal for a second, and let's talk about some of these white-collar developers, for example, that come into places like Rockaway and uh, with their partner, the city, spend millions building shelters and building things that communities don't want. Um, and yet when you have local businesses that were destroyed during Superstorm Sandy, like the Harbor Light, for instance, 
uh, that have mm-hmm. still yet to be opened. And you have a you have you know twenty blocks away. There's a shelter for 120 people that's being built in six weeks. So how does how can the Queens DA kind of stand up for communities uh, that feel that they they're being ignored uh, by the city? And and would you as the Queens DA stand up for this community when they're asking for help? Well. You know, bad landlords must be prosecuted. I have at least five cases pending in my office against developers that are trying to push out uh, small, you know, land, small business owners and, and real estate owners because they want the space to build big apartments and to lease them out and just to make money. I don't agree with the Blasio's um, position on... Um, the homeless shelters. I don't believe that, you know, and if we, if we follow the money, let's follow the money. Where's the money coming from for his campaign? Somebody's got to follow the money. You know, he, he's hurt a lot of people, de Blasio. And um, somebody has to look at that because putting shelters in somebody's backyard because somebody's giving you money is wrong. Yes, do we need shelters or are there a lot of homeless people? Absolutely. But you must have community input. You must have the respect of the community before you just plop a homeless a shelter a homeless shelter in their backyard. And absolutely, I'm totally against putting a jail in somebody's backyard. You know, people work very hard in Queens. And if you own a home, you own a co-op, you know, your property value goes down. The crime statistics go up. The schools are now in danger. I mean, you got to look at all the factors, and I don't think it's fair. I don't think that there's being due process before they're putting those shelters in somebody's backyard. So I disagree. I will have a unit to prosecute bad landlords and landlords that harass people. Not only does Queens has the largest de-transfer scam in in, in New York, the foreclosure crisis the deed transfer scams, the elderly are being abused. They're getting these equity loans, and before you know it, they, real, they don't realize that they're transferring over the deed to their home or the loans are so exorbitant and, and usurious that then at the end of the day when they foreclose, they take away their homes. There's so much fraud going on. So I will have an economic frauds unit and a, a landlord specifically, a unit specifically dedicated to these developers and to these landlords, and if the AG's office, which is in the province of the New York State Attorney General's office, to prosecute consumer fraud and all these foreclosure cases, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it for whatever reason. I will do it as the DA of Queens because everybody has to be looked at, everyone. And I will give everybody equality and justice, but if you're just taking advantage of someone because you want their property and then – Two years later, you build a monument there, and you're making millions of dollars, and you're not contributing back to the community. That's illegal. That's a fraud, and that's wrong, and that has to be stopped. That has to be stopped, and I dealt with that, you know, Mark. That's what makes me different. I've prosecuted a lot of white-collar crime. I've represented developers. I've represented people that are suing developers. So I know every aspect of it, unlike Melinda Katz, who hasn't practice law. Unlike Rory Lansman, 
who hasn't practiced law in this area. And I'm not just talking about criminal law. They have not practiced law all their life. They've dedicated to their public office that our tax dollars pay for. You know, Judge Lasak, Judge Lasak is just an extension of D.A. Brown and his old outdated policies. Mina Malik, Civilian Complaint Review Board, she already got her negative rating from them about how she treated her employees. She's not qualified to run this office. She's not. And Jose Nieves, Jose Nieves, I mentored him. Nice young man, but he's, he's a former veteran and all this stuff. He's not qualified. He doesn't have the qualities that I have to handle this office. Tiffany, come on. She's only been a lawyer for five years. Give me a break. Give me a break. And she wants to let everybody out of jail. She wants to let everybody out of jail, roam free, and all the victims are going to be thrown to the side because none of the candidates are speaking about the victim. All they care about is how they're going to do this criminal justice reform, and it only applies to defendants and the accused. And clearly, I will look into the equality and the respect of defendants and the accused because I am a Puerto Rican woman that knows how the criminal justice system works. My family, my clients have been defendants. I know how the criminal justice system works. I've been to Rikers Island. I've been to Danamora. I've been to Greenberg. I've been to um, Sing Sing. I've personally been, I defended, how many people? Westchester County Correctional, Nassau County Correctional. I've been there. I've been there. None of these other candidates can say they've been there. And that they know. And you got to look at the victim. To me, the victim is a priority. And if the victim says, I don't want to prosecute, that's fine. Then we'll, we'll see how we can do restorative justice and give the defendant some programs to go to. But if the victim wants to prosecute, then we need to take the victim's rights into consideration. Just because they, they look different and they speak a different language, give me a break. They deserve the protection of the DA's office more so than the defendant at this point. There has to be equality, but all the other candidates, all they talk about is the defendant, the defendant, the defendant, and let's let them out of jail. I mean, and I sit there and I listen to this, and it breaks my heart because they don't get it. They don't get it. They're trying to just talk about something because they believe that people want to hear what they're saying. And what they're selling. The victim is the prime person that the DA's office protects. Enforcing the laws, upholding the laws. We live in a system of laws. We believe that an orderly society is the best way to handle a decent society. However, if there's abuse, if there's a law enforcement official who violates the law, he'll be prosecuted. If there's an elected official... He'll be prosecuted. But I want you to look at something, Mark, and I'm saying this live. Because why? Because I was told that Queens is a plantation and that when it comes to minorities or people that look different, they can pick as much cotton and pick as much canepas off the garden and grapes or whatever, but they're never going to let them have a high office. Why? Because it's controlled by people who do not want you to look in their backyard. There's so much corruption. And if you look at the books and you look at the statistics, has D.A. Brown ever prosecuted 
an elected official on corruption or anything of that nature? The answer you're going to find is no, because he was controlled by the party. And I'm, I'm not running with the party or the back in the party. Melinda Katz is. So she's being backed. Why? Because she's going to go along with whoever controls the party. And she's going to look the other way. And that's what they want. And if the people of Queens want that to continue, then I guess you're going to vote for Melinda Katz. But if you really want change, you call me at 917-701-3447 or email me at info at bettylugoforda.com and volunteer on my campaign. Because I guarantee you, I will fight. I will fight. And you will hear this lion roar. You will hear this lion roar because I'm a fighter. I'm I'm a fighter, and I will make sure that there's a change in Queens. Well, I really want to thank you for your time. I know you're very busy, and I know that you have a forum, a candidate forum to get to. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and uh, good luck in this election, and we look forward to uh, how you do. Listen, Mark, I really appreciate it, and um, there's, there's a saint that's called San Marcos. And if you look him up, San Marcos de Leon, he's the strength of, he's he's a very strong saint, and I feel protected. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And and our (laughs) Catherine Middleton, our Catherine Middleton will uh, be covering the the forum tonight, so I'll make sure that she says hi. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Betty Lugo. Uh, She is certainly feisty and certainly had a lot of great things to say. If you are following this race, it's certainly very different from a lot of uh, the rhetoric that we've heard before. And uh, she's thrown the gauntlet down. So, you know, again, June 25th is the uh, primary date. Uh, You know, the wave hasn't made any decisions as far as endorsements, but we certainly uh, will endorse one thing, and that is to vote. Vote now. You know, you have the opportunity, folks, to elect the first Queens district attorney in 28 years. And, you know, this is not one of those – this is not one of those uh, jobs that uh, isn't important or is just a a paper shuffler job. This is as important a job to the county of Queens as there is. So make sure that you get out on June 25th. And vote. This has been Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy, editor in chief of the Wave newspaper. Look for our breakdown of all the candidates coming up in this week's edition of the Wave. Have a great night, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.